Figured out some guys after this yeah. season. Okay, here we go. We rolling? Okay, and we'll, um, you want to, is it all right? Or can you trim this off? And I'll ask you about, we'll get into Brad. We'll sure. have a little fun with that. All right. Super Bowl 47 coverage rolling along here from the New Orleans Convention Center. Darren McFarland, 102.5 The Game, brought to you by Low T Center in Brentwood, inside Maryland Farms, and Freeland Chevy Business Elite Sales. I'm excited about our guest that's at our table. This guy I certainly remember well and was a stud when he played. Chad Brown, fine linebacker, spent many years with the Steelers, signed the big deal with the Seahawks, eventually ended his career with the Steelers. In fact, Chad, when you were uh, with the Steelers at the beginning, I remember when the Oilers were in your division, the yes. good old days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, back in the good old days. And, uh, lots of... Uh, the black and blue division. Lots of memories. Now, sometimes I wouldn't say so fond about the uh, with Houston Oilers, <laughs> particularly not the Astrodome, when they would shut off the hot water after we beat them. But <laughs> yeah, Brad can tell. Brad Hopkins, who's on our morning show, can mm -hmm. tell some great stories, especially at the end of the old Astrodome. Uh, the decrepit, uh, you know, it, there was some... Bad memories. You yeah. can see why they were searching for a new place. Yeah, I definitely could see why. And again, you know, from a from a visiting team perspective, you knew if you won the game, there was a chance there was going to be about three or four minutes of hot water, and that was it after the game. So it was a, let's say, a, a smelly plane ride home, typically <laughs> back to Pittsburgh for us. So what are you doing these days? Uh, you know, I'm kind of in, in a bit of a transition mode. Uh, for uh, most of my career, uh, this is my fifth year out, I ran a reptile business, Pro Exotics Reptiles. And uh, once I retired, I really kind of devoted myself to that full time, and we became one of the largest uh, producers of captive red reptiles on the planet. And last September, we had a fire and, and lost the entire snake collection, mm. 3,500 snakes. Wow. Um, it, it was what you would call a bad day. Yes. <laughs> and um, since then, you know, I kind of started dabbling in some media a little bit before that, and I've taken this opportunity to kind of close a chapter on my life with the reptile business and move myself into doing what you do. Be a cool guy talking on the air, talking about sports. So did you always have the interest in, in snakes and reptiles? You know, I grew up in uh, Pasadena, California, not too far from the Rose Bowl. And there's all types of hillsides and those kind of things behind homes. And as a kid, me and my buddies would always go in, in those hills. And I found snakes and frogs and turtles and lizards and all that stuff. And I was always fascinated. Uh, this will kind of date me a little bit, uh, but you may recognize this one. Uh, Marlon Perkins, Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. Oh, yes. Yes. So I watched that every week when it came on and was always fascinated by it. So when I got to college, I had the opportunity to buy a snake. I'd, I bought one snake, which turned into two, which turned into 12. And after my five years in Colorado, I got in the NFL and had some money in my pocket. And I built a, a business and bought lots of snakes and lots of very expensive snakes. And uh, again, I became pretty successful at it. And then that fire suddenly kind of ended that uh, chapter of my life. When did you miss the game? I mean, what, what is it like? I mean, I always want to get in the head of a guy that played football his whole life and a long, successful career in the NFL, and then it's over. What's that like? You know, it's, it's sudden. You know, just, just as the end of the season is sudden for, for teams, you know, and, and you go into the championship game. You know, I live in Denver, and obviously the Broncos were excited about we expecting Super Bowl. The whole town was. We got Peyton Manning, and all of a sudden it's over. Uh, that same feeling that you get when your team season is over it's the same type of feeling, but bigger and deeper when your career is over. Um, you know, I squeezed every drop of juice I could out of this thing and out of my body. I played 15 years. So from the physical perspective, I don't miss practice. I really don't miss hitting anyone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I do miss the camaraderie. I do miss the single-purposeness of, of, of being in that environment 
when you play for a Bill Cowher or you're, you play for a Bill Belichick, as I did later in my career, those are really intense work environments. And when my employees, the businesses I run back in Colorado, when they leave on Friday, I can guarantee you they don't think anything about the business until they walk in the door on Monday. And there's probably a lot of time when they're at work when they're not actually tuned in either. Football is a much different environment. Everybody, the, the guy who paints the field, the guy who cooks the meals, the secretaries upstairs, everyone's dialed in. Everyone is focused on the team's success. And I haven't been able to find a place like that that's quite like that in, in regular civilian life. Speaking of hitting, uh, I mentioned Brad Hopkins on our morning show. Uh, I think you probably did some battles with him over the years, right? I think I probably hit, and I think he probably held. Yes, yes, <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, yeah I, it, yes, I remember that quite well. Brad, Brad held me all the time, as I recall, preventing me from getting sacks. And then when I actually beat Brad, Bruce was always there to cover for him. And I thought, okay, not only do I got to beat Brad, who's a good player in his own right, who's holding the heck out of me, but if I beat Brad, I got to somehow make my way through the Hall of Famer. You know, this is not fair. What do you remember about the, you know, you guys were upset. I remember in Three Rivers in 94. I mean, you came in as the favorite. Everybody had pegged you guys as the team that was going to get to the Super Bowl. The Chargers get the victory. They go on to lose to the 49ers, ironically, the last time they were in the Super Bowl until this year. What was that like? Because obviously that was a burn. You know, there was something left over that you guys were able to pick yourself off, dust yourself off, and get right back there and get to the Super Bowl the next year. It's pretty hard to do. And there was a beginning of the season hangover because you, you know how good you are. And the team hadn't changed much from a coaching staff perspective, from a playing perspective, that we knew we had a really good chance and expected to be back in that situation in the championship game again. But you still can't help but go in a little cruise mode. You know, let's put it on cruise control until we get to the eighth week, and then we'll ramp it up. That's the NFL. It doesn't work that way. So we actually, there was a, I think we were uh, three and four that team, uh, three and four that year. And then we had a kind of a let's come together kind of moment and got things going again and made it back to the Super Bowl. And, of course, we lost. Uh, Neil threw those two interceptions to Larry Brown, who then Al Davis gave Larry Brown $12 million for getting lucky uh, interceptions in the Super Bowl. But be that as it may, um, you know, Denver felt a similar thing. When we lost that championship game to San Diego, our great safety, all-pro safety, Carnell Lake, uh, got himself a little bit out of position. And Alfred Papunu, uh, I don't know if you guys remember him, the big pineapple, that was his nickname, slipped behind him and caught a touchdown pass and beat us that way. And now in Denver uh, a couple weeks ago, we had a safety, Raheem Moore, got a little uh, greedy. Pass went over his head. Now the Ravens are now in the Super Bowl. So uh, I, I, I can sympathize with the Broncos more than just living in town, but I've actually lived that where a game you're ahead, a game you expect to win, and somehow it slips away all due to one play. By the way, Neil O'Donnell lives in Nashville. He's yes. probably listening to this. Well, interview. I'm well, you know, hey, I, 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 I try my best not to judge people on their worst moments in life. And, you know, I would imagine Neil has probably had some worse personal moments. But as far as a football moment, it's definitely the worst moment I was ever around him. So I won't judge him on that. He obviously led us to that Super Bowl. We kind of transitioned from a running team to we went with five wides through the majority of the playoffs, which got us to that point and got us to that Super Bowl. So I'm happy to have played in the Super Bowl. I just wish Neil would uh, had chosen better where to put those balls. <laughs> 95, that AFC championship game, mm -hmm. ironically, I was there in Three Rivers. Mm -hmm. I was in the end zone of that Jim Harbaugh pass to, I believe, it was intended for Aaron Bailey. Yes, correct. That was incomplete. Uh -huh. Where were you at on that play? Uh, we went with a three-man rush. Uh, Kevin Green was the left defensive end. I was the right defensive end. And we weren't really trying to sack Jim. We wanted to kind of move him around. He knew it was going to be a kind of a floating pocket to give him some time to get the uh, Hail Mary off. 
So I was just trying to keep them in contain. Um, they had a really good tackle. Um, gosh, what was his name? I can't remember his name. Who pretty much stoned me on that rush. So every time they show that highlight, I go, that's a terrible highlight for me because I got, just got stoned there. Uh, um, but, yeah, so I was trying to bring him down. Chad Brown here at our table, 102.5 The Game. You were, at, were you at media day today? I was not. I missed it, unfortunately. Well, as you can imagine, it's grown a little bit since when you went through this. Well, I was there last year, so I'm, I'm familiar with the lay of the land. Are you surprised? At, I mean, it's unbelievable just the attention that this week has uh, garnered for Super Bowl 47. When you think about the popularity of the NFL and, and you know, it, it's the Super Bowl is almost a national holiday at this point. And, and I, I, I venture to say if, if the NFL can maintain its popularity that four or five years from now, Somehow Monday will be like a, a half a day at work. Like maybe used to have those in school. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if somehow they, they get that through the government. But uh, it's number one sport in America. It, 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 there's a reason why it's the most compelling sport. You know, baseball with so many games, basketball with so many games, hockey with so many games. In the NFL football, every single week matters. Every single week you never know, have any idea what's going to happen. They keep building bigger and better casinos in Vegas. And Vegas has been wrong on the Ravens all season long. So the people who know don't really know. You know, you expect a guy from college to be a great player, and he's not. You, you know, a guy like Tim Tebow comes to Denver last year and brings him to the playoffs. There's always these unexpected storylines. It's always compelling. And then, let's face it, as Americans, we love hard-hitting violence, and that's what the NFL brings. So with this coverage now and social media and everything that we have at our disposal, a little bit different when you went through this experience, you know, deer antler velvet spray to get things going today. I mean, Ray Lewis, have you ever heard anything like this? And you know, I mean, as big as it is, this is the, the last thing the Ravens need is a distraction on Tuesday. You know, I think the Ravens are resilient enough to, to probably fight back any distraction. Um, you know, I mean, they knew the whole Ray Lewis thing would come up. And I think people are trying to get anything they can to stick to Ray. He's been a little bit Teflon with some of these things. And, you know, with the questions about the – Incident in 2000, and now this deer antler stuff. Um, it's Super Bowl week. People are going to talk about anything crazy. You know, uh, Joe Flacco has one word he misspoke, and that's now national news. Right. Poor choice of words, words I would never recommend using. But still, <laughs> it's one word out of, you know, hundreds of thousands that will be spoken this week, and now we're all talking about that. And now you and I are sitting here, you know, across the table from each other talking about deer antler velvet extract or whatever the heck that was. So... It just goes to show you how big this game really is. Are you surprised Bill Cowher, your coach, has never returned to the sidelines? You know, coaching is such an all-encompassing thing. And when you've done it for as long as and as well as he has, I, don't, I have no problem with him taking time off. I don't think football ever leaves you. Um, you know, as soon as I got out the game, I started coaching youth football just because I had to have some football in my, in my life every day. Um, but... Do you want to go to work at 5 in the morning and go home at 1 in the morning? Or do you want to show up on Friday to do some interviews and take the afternoon flight home on Monday like he does now? You know, this media thing is a fairly cushy gig. I'm sure you work quite hard, Darren. But uh, it's a lot more difficult being an NFL coach than it is being a media personality. Hey, I enjoyed covering you. You were a great player, and I'm sure the minute this interview is over, Brad Hopkins will have rebuttals to your holding comment. You know, actually – I will say this, and I rarely admit to this one. Brad held so much. There was a couple games I sprayed silicone on my jersey. <laughs> and that's a true story. Folks, you just heard it first. Chad Brown. Chad, thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me on. Chad Brown here from Radio Row at the New Orleans Convention Center here on 102.5 The Game.